From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A herniated disc in your back can be painful and debilitating, and sometimes the recommended treatment is surgical. Here in the HealthLink on Air studio to talk about options is neurosurgeon Larry Chin, who leads the Department of Neurosurgery at Upstate. Thank you for being here, Dr. Chin. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, let's start, if you don't mind, um, explaining what causes a herniated disc. And I've heard it called um, slipped or ruptured, bulging. That's all the same thing, right? Yeah, those are all terms to indicate uh, a condition where the, uh, the disc, which is a shock-absorbing material that you find in between uh, the bones of your spine or the vertebrae, um, uh, ruptures through the tough fiber that uh, holds the disc in place. And so it's a sign of degeneration. Uh, and degeneration can be just normal wear and tear. Uh, it can be uh, people who have done a lot of heavy work uh, involving their back or played sports uh, may have stressed uh, the, their back. And that can lead to the uh, degeneration of the fibers around the disc and when they become weak enough, or if there is a sudden event, say an accident, uh, or you lift something really heavy suddenly, or fall, uh, a piece of disc can pop out, and that's a herniated disc. Um, so it can be from an injury or just from normal, whatever, wear and tear sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, it can be normal wear and tear. And it doesn't always have to be a piece of disc that herniates out. It might be that the entire disc uh, bulges, um, but the end result is that the, um, the spinal canal, which is where your nerves are running, is sitting directly behind the disc. And so if the disc is bulging out or a piece pushes out, that can pinch um, the nerves in your spine, and that causes what we typically think of as sciatica, uh, which is what happens when you have a herniated disc in your lower, uh, in your low back, in your lumbar spine. And does sciatica, is that, that's a pain that um, flows down your leg? You'll feel it going down your leg, sort of? Correct. Sciatica okay. is the most common uh, symptom of uh, a lumbar herniated disc, and that's a very characteristic, uh, sharp, stabbing, shooting pain uh, that begins typically in your butt and goes down the back of the leg or sometimes goes around the side of the leg uh, can be associated with back pain as well. So can this happen to anyone at any age or do you mostly see this in older people? Well you tend to see it in older people because uh, as as we age we just accumulate wear and tear on our bodies and so it's not an uncommon situation uh, to see a herniated disc or the associated condition which is called spinal stenosis uh, which is uh, narrowing of the spinal canal again causing pressure on the nerves but not from a disc but from overgrowth of the um, of the joints in the supporting structures the ligaments in the spine um, so those t t those things you tend to see in older people because of wear and tear but you can also see it in um, in younger patients, and that is typically associated with more of a traumatic event. Uh, are most of the disc herniations, do they happen in the lower spine, or does it? Or could you get them in the neck or the 
Upper the, spine? the two most common places are in the in the low back, the lumbar lower lumbar spine, and then in the cervical spine, in the neck. Uh, and that's because those are the parts of your body uh, or the parts of your spine where you have the most movement. And so that's where the degeneration typically occurs uh, most commonly. Now, do herniated discs ever get better on their own? They, they do. And in fact, most herniated discs will get better just with conservative therapy, uh, with uh, um, rest, physical therapy, um, and really it's time. Just time to, for the body to sort of heal? Time for the body to heal, yes. Is there any way to predict when you see someone with a herniated disc whether a conservative treatment is going to do it for them or if that's not going to work and they need something more? You can't always tell. Um, so generally, uh, the rule is, is, is we always try conservative therapy first unless the patient has a condition that really requires that you uh, operate right away. So for instance, if somebody has uh, weakness in their foot um, that might not get better or might become permanent if you don't um, take out the disc and relieve pressure on the nerve, uh, or if someone has bowel and bladder symptoms um, that can be permanent, um, those are situations where it's more of an emergency and, and we're going to urgently do an operation. But otherwise, I always try to start with uh, conservative treatment. And probably most patients would want, want that Absolutely. Um, as well. So are there situations where a patient sort of has to decide whether this is something they can tough out or live with versus surgery? Absolutely. Uh, and in fact, I ask most patients, uh, how much is this affecting your life? Um, once you have surgery, you can't ever take it back. So um, I always want uh, patients to understand that uh, not every surgery is successful, not everybody gets better, uh, and oftentimes if you give uh, a, this particular problem long enough, it will uh, get better. And, um, and so I think uh, patients need to consider their options um, and whether and sometimes uh, the treatment can be worse than the disease, as we know. So. Okay, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Larry Chin, the chairman of neurosurgery at Upstate, and we're talking about a procedure to repair herniated discs. So I wanted to have you describe. It's called a microdiscectomy. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, they, a microdiscectomy means that. Uh, we are approaching the spine uh, through usually minimally invasive techniques. So we're trying to minimize uh, either the skin incision, we're trying to minimize the amount of um, muscle, uh, the, the muscles around your spine that we're uh, going through, and also minimizing the amount of bone that we're removing in order to get to the nerve and to the disc. And uh, uh, we do this through an operating microscope which gives us uh, uh, magnification and light uh, down into a deep hole. And so that's why it's called a microdisc. Microdisc. So you're looking through um, like a microscope to do this? Exactly. Uh, an operating microscope. And, uh, and, and that really allows us to um, take out the disc, relieve pressure on the nerve, and leave the structures around the spine as intact as possible. 
So I was going to ask how much bone gets removed, but that's got to be dependent on the situation, on the patient, and what's happening, right? Absolutely. Okay. Depending on the location of the disc and, uh, and the size. So how long does a surgery like this take? Uh, it can be very quick. It might take uh, only an hour uh, to do. Um, so a very simple micro disc, uh, one to two hours maximum. And then what is recovery like afterward? Well, patients uh, get up right away. So I have the patients uh, out of bed, uh, ambulating. Uh, in many cases, patients can go home the same day, or uh, if they stay overnight, they can go home early the next morning. That sounds, when you're talking about it's a, it's a back surgery, spine surgery, going home that same day sounds pretty amazing. Well, you know, with uh, advances in, uh, in surgical technique, with advances in anesthesia, uh, we're really able to get patients uh, mobilized and, and up and back to their normal lives uh, pretty quickly. Now, this microdiscectomy, um, this is sort of an alternative to open surgery, right? Well, it, uh, it, it is open surgery. We're still making an incision through the skin. Um, we're doing it through really fairly small incisions. Uh, so I would still consider it an open operation. Um, what we've done is just progressively become more and more refined with our technique. Okay. Um, who is a candidate for microdiscectomy then? Really anybody's a candidate. Uh, um, it, uh, I think it depends on uh, the severity of the disc herniation, the size. Um, it depends on what other factors are going on with the patient. Uh, do they need something more extensive? Uh, for instance, uh, a fusion of the back that would require a more extensive opening um, and uh, placing screws you know, into the back, things like that. Okay. Now, do all neurosurgeons offer a microdiscectomy? I would say most surgeons that, uh, uh, that are providing specialized spine care, uh, if they have patients that have this particular problem, are doing a variation of this type of operation. Okay. I would say it's fairly standard now. Now, can we talk a little about the potential complications? Because if, if, if something were to go wrong, what, what would it likely be? Well, the things that we're watching out for are damage to the nerve, which could result in weakness uh, in the leg or foot, uh, and numbness uh, in that same area. Uh, if you uh, injure the covering around the nerves, you can get leaking of spinal fluid. Um, of course, any operation, there is a risk of having, uh, getting a blood clot in the area of the surgery or getting an infection in the area of the surgery. But those are the most common uh, issues. Now, for patients, how soon after the surgery would they realize that it worked? Well, you can wake up and, and most patients wake up and feel better right away. Good. Good to know. So talk to me about what life is like after a discectomy. Um, can people go back to what they used to do? Absolutely. In fact, that's the reason for, uh, for doing this through a, a minimally invasive approach so that you're uh, reducing the amount of, of injury to the muscles and to the bone and to the ligaments, and that gets a patient up faster. And uh, there is theoretically no reason why they can't go back and resume their full activity 
full physical activities after this type of surgery. What are the chances of a re-herniation? It definitely happens. Uh, you'll see it maybe 10-15% of the time. Uh, so whatever the condition is that led to the original disc herniation, uh, it can always cause uh, that same disc to re-herniate or uh, you could get a herniation at another disc level in the lumbar spine. And so that's why it's very important uh, that patients that have this problem really start a, a good regimen for strengthening their back and uh, avoiding the, the things that will lead to uh, disc herniations and back problems in the future. Do uh, patients that have gone through spine surgery of any sort, does that increase um, arthritis risk for the future? Well, you could think of a herniated disc or these spine problems like stenosis as arthritis of the spine. Uh, oh. It's a degenerative condition of the, of the back and oftentimes of the joints. And so in that sense, it is like it an already arthritis. Is. Okay. Yes. Well, is there anything you would advise listeners to do that can help prevent um, disc herniation? Absolutely. Uh, I would say the biggest issues are, number one, uh, try to stay at your ideal weight uh, so that that's less stress on the, uh, on the lower back. Uh, patients who smoke uh, oftentimes will have more accelerated degeneration of their spine. Um, and then it's, it's mostly uh, healthy, um, healthy practice. So eating well, a good diet, regular exercise, uh, the more you can build up your core strength, so uh, building up uh, your abdominal muscles, your back muscles, increasing your flexibility, all of those things uh, help you um, protect your spine and reduce the amount of stress that your spine undergoes every day, which is inevitable because we're standing up and we're fighting against gravity and we're working and we're playing and all these things uh, uh, do stress the back. Well, you talk about strengthening your core. That's probably part of, I don't is there rehabilitation after a discectomy? Not necessarily. Oftentimes I have patients just resume their normal activities and just pay attention to what they're doing. Uh, but physical therapy and, and there are back strengthening uh, regimens and exercises that you can teach uh, many physical activities uh, that uh, that you do, um, just uh, aerobic activity, walking, um, you know, uh, yoga, things like that really require a lot of core strength, and, and all of that is, is very good for your back. Well, thank you so much for this information. My guest has been Upstate's Chairman of Neurosurgery, Dr. Larry Chin. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.